What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. The sound of the voice on the other end of a 911 call is almost always delivered frantically. The needs of the caller on the other end of a 911 call are ones that need to be met immediately. The services sent to a caller during a 911 call are always delivered efficiently. The stories, perspectives, and details created by these calls over more than 20 years are life lessons and legacies for everyone involved, including me. The records are archived for all time, like this podcast, digitally. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa. This is Digitally Dispatched. A parent's worst nightmare. To wake up and find that their child is missing. Panic sets in. Fear takes over. Where is he? Did he run away? Did someone take him? How long has he been gone? Who could he be with? Who could have him? Call the police. Call his friends. Look for him in the neighborhood. Look for him in his favorite places. The thoughts come to a parent rapid fire. But where do they start? The call begins. This story originated in Duluth, Minnesota, when a mother discovered her 15-year-old son was not in their home the morning of April 13, 2019. All those fears and emotions ran through this mother's head as she called the police department. Having dealt with missing children and runaways throughout my career, I can tell you the things that we need to know when you call. The first thing we need to know is what? Well, for my regular listeners, they will say it with me. Location, location, location. Okay, that was fun, but seriously, location is key to a runaway or a missing person. I'll ask my caller, where was your child last seen. The reason that this is important is because not all missing kids or runaways were last seen at home. Sometimes they were last seen at school or on the school bus, sometimes the mall or a local park or a playground. And those places can be outside the city where the person lives, which means they're going to have to call that city's police department to start the missing person's report. But I'll talk about that more at the end of the episode. Let's say for now that the child was last seen at home and we have the address. What do we need to know next? I need to know a time frame. I need to know how old the child is. And I need a good physical description. Top to bottom, that's the way we always ask for descriptions. We're going with haircut and color, eye color, height, weight, any visible scars or marks, Clothing. I need to know what your child was last seen wearing. Not always are the parents going to have that information because if they run away in the middle of the night, you have no idea what they might have put on. But if they went to school and they were last seen wearing their favorite jacket and probably jeans or whatever, as much information as you can give, it's welcomed. We need as much information as we can get. And again, we go top to bottom. When it comes to clothing, let's start at the top. Do they have a hat on? What hairstyle? Especially for girls. Sometimes they wear them up in those messy buns nowadays or ponytails or long hair, short hair. How is it cut? Let's go down to the shirt. 
jackets, pants, shorts, shoes, jewelry that they may wear all the time, bags that they might carry. Do they always carry the same backpack to school or would they have taken their backpack with them? We need to know everything that you can give us when it comes to what we're looking for if we see this child walking down the street. While we're gathering all this information, we have already dispatched the police and they'll be updated as the new information comes in. If you remember halfway through our conversation, oh my gosh, yeah, she just had gotten a new pink jacket and that's what they were wearing. That's great. We can add that in there as we get the information. It just updates our officers. The reason it's so important for us to get the information right away is because I can actually put your child in as a missing person or a runaway before my officers even arrive at your house. As long as I have their name and some numeric identifier, date of birth, social security number, don't have to have them both. As long as I got their date of birth, we're good. I'll need to know their approximate height and weight and everything that we had just talked about. I can put that all in an entry. And guess what? It's two keystrokes. If we get to your house and the officer says, yeah, I saw him walking in and I just brought him home, I can take that entry out way quicker than I put it in. So it's not a problem at all for us to get that child entered into the system as a missing or runaway. The quicker we get it in, the quicker we can find them. Now for older children that have run away or left (laughs) or are missing, do they have access to a vehicle? Does your child drive? Do they have their own car? Do they have friends that have cars that could have picked them up? We need as much information on the vehicle as we can get as well. That can all be added into the entry as we get it too. It takes us no time at all to modify the entry to add more information. So don't feel like you have to have everything immediately. Everything can be modified as we go. The next thing we're going to ask for is locations that your child may go to. Where do they like to go? Who do they like to hang out with? Is there a place, is there a skate park that they like to go to maybe, or a playground or school? Could they have gone back up to school for any reason? Do they have a cell phone? That's a really important question. Does your child have a cell phone? And do they have it with them? Because one of the things that we can do, and I know you've all seen it before, heard it at least on the news, we can ping cell phones. What is the cell phone number and the cell carrier? Have you tried to call it? And if so, what happened? With that information, we can ping their phone. Has your child run away before? If so, why did they run? How often have they done this? Where do they go? How long have they been gone? Did they come back on their own? Or were the police involved before? All of this information, and it seems like a lot of information, to give us and our officers, but that gives them a foundation to build upon. We will have at least one officer going to your home in order to take the report, get all the information, and we will have the other officers checking the neighborhood, looking for them if they're out on foot, walking around, or if you know if they're at a friend's house, we'll check that area, we'll check any of the locations that you've given us where they like to go. We are going to be doing our very best to find your child. Now here's a perfect time for me to bust a myth. Listen and listen good. You do not have to wait 24 hours to report your child as missing. Did you hear that? Please do not listen to what you've heard on TV. You don't have to wait 24 hours. As a matter of fact, 
like I said before, I can have your child entered into my system before my officer even makes contact with you. If it turns out that your child is just at the neighbor's house and didn't let you know, it takes me two seconds to take that entry right back out of the computer and it does nobody any harm. So just for you parents out there, a little snapshot of what we do behind the scenes Once you've reported that your child has run away or is missing, we will enter them into the system. We'll send messages to the other agencies so that they can keep an eye out for them. And we will do our very, very best to find your child. Well, now that I've outlined here everything that happens when we receive a call about a missing or a runaway child, make sure you join me on the other side of the break to see how I became involved in a runaway case that originated in Duluth, Minnesota. You're not going to believe how this story unfolds. I need to take a little break. This will give you the opportunity to hear from my sponsors and see how they can help you. Not to worry, there's a lot more to this story when we meet back up on scene. I am Lisa, and you are being digitally dispatched. Everyone knows you'll spend at least double the time you use to create the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor, the gotta get it right factor, and well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content and are ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Do it. Do you like what you're hearing during the Digitally Dispatched podcast? Let's have a conversation about how you can help us grow. Visit my website at DigitallyDispatched.com and let's find a way to get your organization, business, or effort to benefit from my focused and engaged audience. Let me help you grow your digital footprint and foster educational content on the internet. Open a channel now at digitallydispatched.com. That's digitallydispatched.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing the Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Hey, this is Lisa at Digitally Dispatched. I'm back from break and I'm ready to tell you how I became an integral part of finding a kid from Duluth, Minnesota. The call continues. The Duluth, Minnesota Police Department received a call from a mother stating that her 15-year-old son had run away from home. He was not answering his cell phone and she didn't know where he was or where he could be. The description given to that officer was his full name, date of birth, that he was a white male, approximately 5'5", and weighed approximately 103 pounds. He was last seen the night before, but no time was given, and that he was last seen wearing a dark blue Gap hoodie, khaki joggers, black Playboy bunny high-top sneakers, and carrying a black Nike backpack. That's all they had. 
no vehicle information, no names of people that he might be with, no locations he may have gone to. So why am I telling you about a Duluth, Minnesota case? Good question. I received a call the next day from a detective in Duluth. The detective told me that he was working on a runaway case and they had pinged his phone and it was coming from my city. From the boy's cell phone number, he was able to get the coordinates of his location. He shared that with me. I was able to bring that up on a map so I could kind of see where we were working with and and where that ping came from. Sure enough, it was right in the middle of my city. It usually gives us the area in which they're in. So it could be anywhere from a few yards up to several thousand yards. So that's what we have to work with. I took that information. I asked everything that he had. And he was great in giving me all of the description of the the kid and, and his name. I had his date of birth. I had everything I could. And because he gave me that information, I was able to run him in my system and it popped up their entry for the runaway. I asked the detective if the kid had a car and how did he get to my city, which is what, 641 miles from Duluth, Minnesota. He told me he didn't know anything about a vehicle. No information was given to him about a vehicle. And he concluded that based on the time frame of when the kid was last seen to his phone pinging here, he got a ride from someone if he didn't take a vehicle himself. The detective told me that they had posted a photo of him on Facebook and that he was going to send that same photo to me through email so that I would have it for my officers. I told him I'd take all the information to my sergeant and we would get our officers out to look for him. One of the great things about my department is that my officers have MDTs. That stands for Mobile Data Terminals, which is linked up with everything I have in dispatch so they can see the calls that they're going to and so on. I was able to upload this kid's photo and send it to the emails in their MDTs. So now they knew what he looked like as well. Over the course of the next few hours, the detective learned that this kid did actually have a vehicle and he was the one that was driving, but he still hadn't gotten a full description of the vehicle. It felt like we were looking for a needle in a haystack because the updates on the phones were pinging in the same place. But like I said, it was the area and we were looking everywhere. We couldn't find it. Obviously, we opened up our search even further. I stayed in contact with the detective until it was time for me to go home. I asked him to continue to update me through my email so that I would have all the information when I came back in the next day. But I assured him all the information I had would be passed on to my relief. And my sergeant also advised he'd pass it on to the next crew that came on duty. So they knew why we were looking all over the city for this missing kid. I came in the next day. Picked up right where I left off. I actually came in a little bit early because I was worried. I wanted to know if we found this kid. We had not, but I did have a lot of updates from the detective. He updated me on the vehicle. It was actually orange and it was a Bronco. So that's going to stand out like a sore thumb, which is good. He also updated me with all those pings. Remember I told you it doesn't necessarily pinpoint? Well, the mapping system that he had emailed me had all these little dots. If you can imagine just looking at a map with a whole bunch of little pinpoints, that's exactly what I had. But I noticed in looking at them over a time period, most of them were in one particular area, which was a good three miles from where we were looking for the night before. All those pings that I was looking at backed up to two other agencies. I called my sister city and talked to the dispatcher there. 
I explained the whole situation that this kid had run away from Duluth, Minnesota, had ended up in my city, and now was pinging in an area that's really close to her city as well, and I asked her for help. I gave his full description, the new vehicle description, and asked her if she could have her officers help us out. She took all the information I had, advised me that she would take it to her watch commander, and would let me know how they'd be able to help us out. It wasn't long. She called me right back and said that they were more than happy to help us out and had officers headed to that new location. I also had officers headed that same direction. As I sat in dispatch waiting for either the next phone call to come in or the next little bit of information, I heard over the scanner that one of their officers was out with a orange Ford Bronco. That matches the description of the car the kid was driving. Said it was occupied by a male and two female subjects. Phew, I thought, he's been found. And then I hear male subject running from the vehicle. And a foot pursuit ensued. It didn't last but a minute or so because the area had a few officers looking for him. And he just so happened to run into another officer. Caught and he complied and was taken back to the vehicle. I talked to the dispatcher again at the other agency, made sure that she had the detective's name, and told her I would call him with all the updates and have him call her. All the information was passed on to him. He was relieved and took matters from there. The Resolution Call from a detective in Duluth, Minnesota received. Information about a runaway male received. Possible location acquired. Facebook post available and photo shared with officers. Officers canvas the city. Contact information shared between dispatch and detective. Updates received and shared. Day 2. Continued with updates and canvassing. Neighboring city added to the search. Vehicle description added to the search information. Dispatch has a hunch and follows it. Officers find the runaway in the vehicle safe and unharmed. Filling in the blanks. The runaway that we were looking for picked up one of his female friends and the two of them took off to the beautiful state of Missouri in an orange Ford Bronco. Once they arrived in my fair city, they picked up another female who had been gaming with them on one of those interactive multiplayer games like, I don't know, Fortnite, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, just to name a few. I have no idea which game they were playing, but the three of them had become friends online while gaming and decided to meet up in person. Once the three of them were together, they rode around and went through drive throughs for food and napped in the car. They had pulled over for a nap at the location where they were found by the police, but the male decided it would be a good idea to run. He didn't get far because there were other cars in the area that had been checking in an attempt to locate them. He really had nowhere to go. The kicker to this whole story was that I found out from the detective later that the mother said that this wasn't the first time he had run away from home and that he had left in an orange Bronco before as well. Why? Didn't she tell the officers from the beginning that he'd run away before and that he had used the same car? This information is crucial in an investigation and in finding a missing person. What the caller did right. 
being that the caller was a detective, he did everything right on my end. <laughs> he gave me all the information he had and kept me updated. Having said that, the caller, the mother, on the Duluth end was right in calling that her son had run away. She gave a lot of very good information, including a photo that was able to be shared. The one thing that she neglected to do was give us the vehicle information as well as her son was a habitual runaway. What I learned as a dispatcher. When I became a dispatcher, I learned a lot of things about how things are done behind the scenes. One of the most important things I learned though was that you don't have to wait 24 hours in order to report somebody is missing, especially a child. The sooner we get all of the information we can for the child, the sooner it gets in the system, the sooner they can be found. It varies a little bit when it comes to adults because adults have the choice to walk away. One thing I said at the beginning of the show was I was going to explain a little bit more about where the child is missing from. Parents tend to get really upset when they have to call a separate agency in order to report something, especially when it comes to their child, because it all depends on where the child was last seen. For example, my city has one elementary school. We have no high schools. So if the high school student lives in my city, but was last seen at the high school by their friends or whomever, the parent would have to go to the city where the high school is in order to report them as missing because that's where they were last seen. And the reason for that, that's where the investigation has to start. So that's why we ask you to call another agency. We are doing everything we can in order to find your child. That other agency is going to make sure that we have all the information on your son or daughter as well so that we're able to help in that search. Just wanted to let you know that. The legacy. The legacy for me in this call is just how important it is for all police agencies to work together when working on cases. By that detective in Duluth reaching out to me and keeping me updated on what was going on, I was able to help find the missing juvenile that he was looking for. I couldn't have done that without the help of my neighboring city. All of us working together were able not just to find one male that we had been looking for, but we found a total of three runaways. Teamwork, as they say, makes the dream work, and I was proud to be a part of the teams that found this young man alive and well. When you were a kid, did you run away? How did that turn out for you? Were the cops involved? Head over to my website at digitallydispatch.com, fill out the quick web form, and tell me what you think. Dispatcher Nuggets of Knowledge The statistics about runaways are very scary, and a lot of these children often feel that running away and or life on the street is their only choice due to their experiences of abuse, conflict, or neglect at home. I have found so many statistics in reference to this that I'm going to actually have a separate episode that talks all about that. What I would like to share with you here is that there is a phone number for the National Runaway Safe Line. Again, it's called the National Runaway Safe Line. It's 1-800-786-2929. One more time, 
1-800-273-2929. The National Runaway Safe Line helps young people who have run away, are thinking about running away, or have already ran away but are ready to return home. Parents and guardians can also contact the hotline if they are worried about their child running away or if their child has already left home. The hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Youth, parents, and guardians can also use the online chat feature on the Runaway SafeLines website to ask for help and get support or can send a text to 66008. Again, that text number is 66008. The calls, stories, and legacies I share are dispatched digitally. The lessons learned by all, the callers, you, especially me, are a piece of my life's unfolding story that I'm proud to share and are preserved digitally. Your thoughts, ideas, and comments can be sent to me electronically at my website, digitallydispatched.com. I am a 911 dispatcher. My name is Lisa, and you have been digitally dispatched.